I got uh, I got called Tim the other night at um, at the Down City Armory show. I felt bad. The door guy looked like the the guy who owns Dusk, and I went, "Hey man, I've seen you in a long time." He's like, "I'm not Rick," and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so this is not the first time this has happened to him. This is not a nice way. No, he incident. says it. He says it happens all the That's time. Fucking so, th- so then he went. It's all right. It happens all the time, Tim. And I don't know if he did that on purpose or what. <laughs> oh, that would have been a power move if it was on purpose. Yeah. You don't look like a Tim, so that's definitely yeah. on purpose. It's short for Tames. I'm pretty sure it was on purpose. Yeah. The only way you could have responded to him in a in a less sensical way than uh, the conversation was already going is if you just went into like Al Borland mode and you're like, I don't think so, Tim, and then <laughs> expected him to kind of follow up somehow. <laughs> I don't know. He makes that noise, doesn't he? That's the sound. That's the sound the Duke makes when he's confused. He goes, <laughs> Why hasn't anyone sampled that for like a hip hop song? I'm sure like it's, it's part of a there. beat. <laughs> I'm sure, like there's a I mean, uh, technically it's part of a theme song, so I uh, guess it it is already in a song. But I'm sure, like I feel like somebody. It sounds like something Tom McDonald might do. <laughs> the the rapper Tom McDonald. No one. No one knows who I'm talking no. about. I'm not familiar with his work. Oh, all right. Well, I'm, I'm gonna look him up, and uh, you guys can carry on without me. Uh, I remember somebody sent me a video. I, maybe it was you, Christopher. Maybe not. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. But somebody sent a YouTube video, and it was like uh, like a starship, and the alarm is going off, but it's just the Tim the Tim Allen. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to bring up the uh, the click hole video that was a supercut of every time uh, Tim Allen said, queen my teeth on your bones no, in uh, Home Improvement. <laughs> I didn't know if that was I didn't know if that was real or not. <laughs> he, he did say it once because you know how Wilson would give him advice and then he would hilariously get it wrong when repeating it to someone Every else. Every single fucking that, that was episode. what happened. I fucking hated that. Yeah, because show. he's an idiot. I hated that fucking show, even when it was on in the nineties. Like, what the fuck? This is you just don't like good, clean, conservative fun. I guess not. That's your that problem. That's my problem. Speaking of good, clean, conservative fun, okay. Thomas McDonald is a Canadian rapper, songwriter, and former professional wrestler. McDonald first rose to prominence with the release of his song White Boy and his songs Fake Woke, Snowflakes, and Brainwashed. Uh, so that that that's that should give Jesus. you enough. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that got dark fast. <laughs> I'm guessing brain, See, uh, Brainwashed is probably in the COVID era. I'm guessing. See, Eric, we told you we were going to talk about McDonald. Ah, oh, there we go. Yeah, I was going to say, is, is that why you're familiar with this guy because of his surname? No, I, I, oh, I wonder wonder what this guy's up to. He seems to have it going uh, on. He, sh- he shares no, a name with my favorite We shared his shit on, uh, <laughs> I, I think, like, Wills has shared it on Jukebox Zero's uh, social media a few times. There's, like, an image where it's, like, it, it's a picture of him. He's, a, you know, this white guy, but he has, like, dreads, and he's covered in tattoos and has, the you know, the grill and everything. And it's, it's just like, brave, this rapper fucking sucks or something like that. <laughs> he should team up with uh, Tom Hanks' fail son there. I forget his name. It's not Colin Hanks. Chet. The other one. <laughs> Good old Chet. Chet. That's right, Chet. How could I fucking forget <laughs> Chet Hanks? <laughs> How could you? Oh Jesus Christ! To be summer. fair, to be fair, Tom, Tom and Rita, Tom and Rita really set him up for failure with that name. <laughs> like seriously, you could you could go two ways. You could either be like uh, 
uh, what, what is it like a member of Skull and Bones at Yale or you, uh, <laughs> I don't know, work at the gas Do whatever Chet Hanks is <laughs> Work doing. at the gas station down the street from me here in rural is, uh, South Carolina. Is, is Chet short for anything or is it just Chet? Usually Chester. Chetworth. Chetworth. Yeah. <laughs> Chetworth. 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 Chetwins. Chetworth. Chetworth is uh, about $10. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, interesting. You're a funny guy, Christopher. Ah, uh, well, you know, I yeah. I do what I can. Like I said funny. earlier, I have a lot of jokes that I have to explain. So if you ever want to hear more, I'll, I'm happy to tell you. <laughs> I mean, it's our fault for just being so ignorant. <laughs> That's on us. Full, 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 fully admit. So as you've probably guessed by now, uh, this is an installment of Old Men Yell at Cloud, and I am Christopher, and I am joined, as always, by Jim. I can't stop eating my own skin. And Patrick, also known as Peter Barry. I can't stop throwing up my own skin after I eat eat it. (laughs) It's hard to keep it down, I'll tell you. Getting harder and harder. And today we are joined by repeat guest Eric Marks. Hey, so, sorry, I wasn't warned in advance that I needed a skin-based catchphrase, so I got nothing for it. <coughs> I don't have skin in this oh. game. We're all required oh. Oh, there you go. to eat our own epidermis before coming on the show. Uh, so we get that uh, condition. What's it called? My 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 sister's roommate in college used to eat her scabs. Oh, yes. Um, like, Duh! Yeah, like to the point where like I... Uh, being several years younger and not being at the college all that often was aware that the girl had this habit and like that's how much she did it it's uh I wonder if that's is that like a psychological thing it's gotta be probably it's gotta be it's I mean, gotta be like just some sort like of like my, my condition uh yeah my condition is I I'm scanning my hands for in, imperfections and my brain says oh I can fix this imperfection by making it worse <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. someday your that's hands will be that's what I would do uh, with, with like when I used to play drums when I was in high school, I would bite my blisters because they were like, they fucking annoyed me. They were right there. I was like, hmm, I can I can, oh, I can get rid of this squishy thing by uh, making it fucking hurt for the next two days. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I actually... I think, I think it's probably... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, by all means. Uh, no, I was just going to say... <laughs> I, I want to keep hearing about these, these blisters. Okay, no, I got one actually kind of recently because I was uh, laying down some bass for the Agitation Trips track and uh, I was playing with... Uh, finger picking and and got a huge blister on my middle finger and I actually properly lanced it this time and and it didn't hurt as much but I was very proud of myself this was a very adult thing that I did my wife my wife was like great job buddy she <laughs> <laughs> didn't do something childish today you get a gold star uh, in the fridge no and it actually it, it healed <laughs> up super quickly it's it, it's you know it's fine now but uh Usually, yeah, it would, like you'd bite it off and it would fucking sting for the next two days because uh, you're probably getting your own bacteria in there like a fucking idiot. <laughs> anyway, is there a show going on? Are we doing a, a, a cast? Or, or uh, is this thing on? Are we, are we, is this live? Yeah, we're, we're going. <laughs> uh, I just want to get it out there, though, to, to anyone listening, that it's probably not, probably not a good idea to try to fix anything with your mouth. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't think things work that way. You're not a dog. No, I, I disagree. I, I fix. I fix things with my mouth all the time, and I'm. I'm just fine. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's a very dog-like <laughs> behavior. Like, if I ever make a noise that makes Soli think that something's wrong with me, she'll come running over and start, like, licking my mouth yep. to try to fix it. But it, I don't have the heart to tell her that it doesn't actually work. She's, she's just so... Well, you're still alive, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, uh, true, true. I could be dead. <laughs> <laughs> so today, we are discussing Unknown Pleasures, which is the debut studio album by English rock band <clears throat> Joy Division, released on June 15th, 1979, by Factory Records. The album was recorded and mixed over three successive weekends at Stockport's Strawberry Studios in April 1979, and was produced by Martin Hannett, who incorporated a number of unconventional production techniques to the group's sound. The cover artwork was designed by artist Peter Seville, using a data plot of signals from a radio pulsar. It is the only Joy Division album released during Ian Curtis's lifetime, which is pretty, pretty insane to think about. Factory Records did not release any singles from Unknown Pleasures, and the album did not chart despite the relative success of the group's non-album debut single, Transmission. It has since received sustained critical acclaim as an influential post-punk album and has been named as one of the best albums of all time by publications such as NME, All Music, Select, Rolling Stone, and Spin. So, yeah, there's a lot to uh, say about Joy Division and uh, this album and what have you, but I feel like we're kind of going to get to that naturally through here. So I'm going to I'm gonna stop reading and... Uh, Let's uh, let's start going around the horn and, and it's talking about this album. So, Patrick, why don't you start with favorite song? Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, Joy Division, <laughs> Unknown Pleasures. Uh, I've uh, no, I've been familiar with this one for a while. I, I think I uh, first checked it out like around the time that the the T-shirts were, were starting to get popular in like the late two thousands. Uh, <laughs> Eric's got his on. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I, I still have mine. Yep, haven't listened to them in about six oh, years. Yeah. I, 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 I think I have one lying around too. Uh, and yeah, this is a uh, a it's an interesting record, I think, uh, because I, I don't really like it, uh, but I really like Closer. <laughs> I, I really like the album that comes out after it, uh, the uh, Closer or Closer. I don't I don't know how it's officially pronounced. Uh, closer. Yes, closer. Okay. Uh, so there, but there, there, there's a few songs on here that that I think are are pretty swell. Uh, today I think I'm gonna go with one that I don't think anyone else is gonna pick, and that's Insight. just kind of like sticks out to me is like it's a little more upbeat it's like kind of the first more like major sounding songs on the album like major key sounding uh and yeah just like the melody the whatever ian's doing is like a little more catchy uh and you know whatever that means for him uh it just like has more that appeals to me as someone who who likes those types of things uh and the syndrome section is pretty fun too and yeah, I kind of noted that it reminds me a lot of Mission of Burma. I think like this, this sort of like chugging along uh, nature of it made me think of like, uh, that's when I reach for my revolver or something like that. And uh, yeah, it, I don't know. It just sounds like everyone's in general a little bit more together at that point. 
yeah, and yeah, it's just I don't know, it's a cool song. I like it. Yeah, I liked. Uh, I enjoyed the um, the little, little Tom jungle list going on there. It was always a good time. Yeah. Some beeps and boops. Is that the syndrome? I believe so. The yeah. Boops that yeah. were going on. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird. They they there's uh, a note on here about the syndrome that they got it because uh, one of the members thought he saw it on the cover of Tago Mago, which like it was not invented at that point. Well, I mean, they were basically children when they made this <laughs> album, so <laughs> you can't really hold hold too much against them. I mean, maybe if, if Bernard Sumner said that, like, last year, then you could probably hold them accountable, but I think back then it's all right. Oh, okay, there's, there's that alternate cover of Tago Mago, because I thought it was, I was thinking of the fucking brain guy, but there, no, there's one, there's another yeah, UK image where it's, like, the band, where it's, like, the drummer from the back of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, during the recording, Morris invested in a syndrome because he thought he saw one on the cover of Can's Tago Mago. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. All right. Jimothy. Hi. My favorite track on this here album. I'm going to go with <coughs> The Day of the Lords. Um, this one, <laughs> you know, it's funny, uh, they were mentioning in the uh, Wikipedia page how they were kind of pissed off that the, the mix came out kind of Pink Floyd-y, uh, and, um, I think that's why I liked this song, because this one specifically kind of had like a Welcome to the Machine vibe to it, um, and it, I don't know, it just kind of had that droniness to it, but it wasn't like overly drony. Uh, it was a, I felt like it was the, it was a ripe, perfect tempo for, for this kind of song. Um, and I liked the, um, the vocal layering in the chorus when, when they were all singing, uh, where will it end? Um, and I could kind of see like how this song specifically, I mean, this album, uh, in general, but this song specifically would, you know, kind of go on to maybe be a little bit of an influence for uh, obviously this is like post-punk but um, how it would evolve into like the post-rock kind of kind of era oh yeah yeah no every, every, every yeah, everyone sure. from like post-rock indie alternative they, they all owe a, a big <coughs> debt of gratitude to this album uh, particularly with like Ian Curtis's vocal delivery too I've, I've heard it uh, you know used utilized so many times for better or for worse. You know what I would love to do is get a multi-track recording of uh, anything by Joy Division, and I would love to run his voice through Melodyne and just, like, tune his voice properly and just see <laughs> how fucking ghastly it would sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I think... Because part, part of the whole thing is that he, he is a very, very pitchy singer, and yes. that's actually part of the appeal for me as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it sounds terrible. So it would like correct to the wrong note half the time. I, I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, what's your favorite song on this year album, Unknown Pleasures? All right. Uh, so I'm going to 
be the most basic person in the room here and uh, go with She Lost Control. And she's clinging to the nearest passerby. One of the ones that just always stuck out to me is being kind of very uniquely establishing of their sound. Um, and it's one of the ones that I feel like it kind of shares DNA. Like it's the main, it, 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 I feel like it it's shares DNA between Joy Division and uh, New Order. Um, when I hear mm-hmm. uh, She's Lost Control, I really start feeling the vibes that they would sort of elaborate on uh, when you know the project became New Order instead. Um, it just immediately got my head bobbing. It's the first time I've heard this song probably in like four or five years, and I felt like I was right back in it. Um, I could definitely see myself out on a dance floor rocking out to that song, and not probably not so much any other Joy Division songs. Um, so it, yeah. it brings me a lot it's of a happiness. Good, uh, to this it's one a good about. goth club jam. I, I, I've, I've heard definitely. it. Definitely, yeah. Played it a few clubs before too. Yeah, yeah. I have I have uh, drunkenly danced to that <laughs> and uh, transmission at the pill at Great Scott I'm back in the mid. Sure, you have. Sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. My note yeah, on no, that the, one. Uh, oh, go, go ahead. Nope. No, I insist. I was going elsewhere. So. All right. I was just gonna write. Uh, my note for this one was. Oh, cool drums. <laughs> Very cool percussion. Yeah, I love the percussion. And it kind of, it had a it had like a it had kind of a different guitar sound. Well, I mean there was a there was like so there was a, like a lead guitar, the rhythm guitar, and the bass going on. That's one. The rhythm guitar kind of had like a different sound than the rest of the album. I felt like this one was a little more scooped and rock and rolly. It felt like yeah. I thought it was kind of a nice change of pace. I didn't realize there was only yeah. one guitarist. So it's, just, it's Bernard doing all the layering. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Really. Uh, Ian played guitar too okay. on occasion. He's only credited yeah, for like vocals. Yeah, he, he played but... guitar on. Uh, yeah, maybe on this album, um, but yeah, no, like he, he played guitar on "Level Terrace Apart" while uh, Bernard played keys. And what oh yeah, he plays that fucking cool guitar in the video. The uh, is it a Novi- the Vox yeah. with the like little teardrop shape? Yeah, yeah, that thing's yeah. fucking rad. Yeah, it has built-in effects too, which sounds <laughs> like it's probably really bad, but really cool. <laughs> Oh no, th- those are the best. But, no, Eric, what you were saying about <laughs> what you were saying about New Order uh, is actually pretty accurate because according oh, to Peter yeah. Hook, uh, the uh, basically nothing would have changed sonically about them had Yen continued with them. Like he's of the mind that like yeah, we basically would have probably put out the same albums just with Yen singing on top. Yeah. All right. But uh, cool. interesting to think about. <clears throat> but and they would like they yeah. would listen to fucking. Uh, Trans Europe Express before shows, even in like the early days of the band playing, right? Joy Division, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was big into craft work. So yeah, that was they they definitely were kind of headed in that direction. Alright, uh for me, I'm gonna go with disorder. It's getting fast and moving fast, and now it's getting out of hand. On the tenth floor down the back stairs, into no man's land. Lights are flashing, cars are crashing, getting frequent now. I've got the spirit, lose the feeling, let it out somehow. 
it's it's a great mission statement for this album, but also it kind of feels like the Joy Division theme song, if that makes yes. sense. <laughs> like it hits a lot of the, uh, it, it ticks a lot of the boxes. The only one that doesn't tick is that uh, it's it's a little too upbeat for most of their material. But um, yeah, no, you're 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 getting the lyrics that uh, that that Yin brings, which are you know always fucking really depressing. Uh, you have Peter Hook playing like basically a melodic bass line and. Bernard Sumner doing like whatever like little bit of guitar he can actually manage to play and yeah it just it just works perfectly yeah uh, yeah it does have that that sort of uh, mission statement vibe to it it's 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 the one that I always remember the most on this album besides she's lost control too uh, yeah and same. It, it is made it is same. major key but like there, there, there's something wrong going on with it <laughs> it's like this is this is supposed to be happy but this is not happy and i love when peter hook like he hits what sounds like a bum note but then he he keeps doing it and that's jazz <laughs> oh yeah it was, a, it was a sharp very sixth. much so yeah i meant to do that very much so um patrick what was your least favorite song this time around <sighs> day of the lords I have my reasons. Uh, it was just, it was just like it's too dirgy. <laughs> you plan on sharing them? Or? No. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 uh, no, I, I appreciate all the points that Jim made about it. Where, where it's definitely like it, it's, it's a doom track. It's a very doomy track, uh, and I think it's just it's a bit too dirgy and like it, it, I don't know, melodically isn't doing quite enough for me. It's a little too sparse and like. Uh, I don't want to say amateurish. That's you know kind of disrespectful, but like maybe not quite developed enough or something like that. And it, and it kind of like mm. I don't know. It, it, it like speeds up over the course of the song, which like whatever, it's fine. Like the, you know bands are going to do that, but I don't know. Just like it's it just didn't sound like the best take they could have done of that song to me too. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's it's tough having it a track too. I think like putting it there kind of ruins the listen for me a bit. I, I, I wish it kind of happened later on the album or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... It, yeah, I'm actually going to jump in on it. Okay. On, uh, on it with you there. Uh, because, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's a least favorite for me. Uh, I don't dislike anything on this album. Uh, I, I actively like everything on this album. But I think that the only problem this album has for me is in its sequencing and putting Day of the Lords at track two is is I think a pretty big misstep in terms of the sequencing. And that is that's the only reason I'm gonna I'm gonna put it as my least favorite as well. Word. Jim, what was your least favorite? I'm gonna go with candidate Uh, 
Um, this one had like a kind of weird ambient guitar thing going on in the background that was kind of reverbed out and kind of cool. But other than that, uh, there was really nothing about this one that really grabbed me at all. In fact, I don't really even remember what else was happening in this song other than that ambient guitar. Um, it just maybe it just seemed kind of samey, um, but not as good as some of the other tracks. <laughs> uh, and I could have done without it. <laughs> All right. Eric. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to piggyback on that. I think my least favorite was Candidate. Um, and this is going to be unfair, but I, I don't really have the vocabulary to explain why I do or don't like certain music. Um, cause it's not really, it's not really my, um, you know, my skill set. but, um, to me, it, it always comes down to the feeling that music evokes for me. And, um, there's something about this song, particularly, that feels like it's the soundtrack to a level in a Sega Genesis game that sucks. Um, <laughs> and again, that's unfair, but it just evokes feelings of me like playing a bad rental game on a Sunday. I'm stuck on level three, and I have to go to school the next day. So uh, echo the so echo the dolphin. That is perfect. Jesus. That is perfect yes, <laughs> that is such a fucking. God damn, that is such a specific but relatable yes. feeling of playing a rental game that's not very good on a Sunday. Yeah, and that's Holy how Gosser invented. <laughs> this is why, like having having like a someone like without the music vocabulary on is fascinating because it's just like I I never would have thought to have that emotion, but I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, you should totally have depressed computer programmers uh, tell you what to think about music. It's a great idea. <laughs> I can't remember how that one goes, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just like repetitive or something or, or, or a cloying melody that just gets on your case after you hear it over and over again. Uh, that might be a, a I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to unpack this, but probably you know, yeah. spe- not going anywhere. Spe- <laughs> speaking of uh, Echo the Dolphin, I think I think that was one of those games where I rented it, and yeah, like I couldn't get past the first level. I was like, "How the fuck? How the fuck do you play this game?" And then, like you know, the whatever, how, how many days you had the game? What is it? Was it four to five days or whatever? Yeah. Uh, and then I had to return it, and then like I remember just like pondering it like for the next like couple of months. And being like, ah, why couldn't I get past that first level? I'm like, mom, I need to rent this game again. I think, <laughs> I think I think I know what to do now. And then I rented it and still couldn't figure it out. And I never touched it again. I was like, fuck, Echo the Dolphin, stupid. <laughs> now I'm gonna try to find it and see if I can beat it. Was it just randomly thinking here? Was it Kiss from a Rose that your mother said you were a fan of? Uh, it was. Uh, my I, my, I think my mother bought the. Uh, Batman Forever soundtrack for Kiss from a Rose and tried to pawn it off that my brother really liked the song. Oh, that, that was it, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. We're, uh, we're... It's that Seal song that you like so much, honey. <laughs> yeah. Christ. How about that Michael Hutchins oh, cover of right... The Passenger, though? I don't know. Wait, is that a real thing? Yeah. We're, we're doing the... Michael Hutchins covering Iggy Pop? Uh, yeah. I, I, I think it's I, I think it's Iggy Pop. I don't know. I haven't listened to it yet. We're we're covering it on Jukebox Zeros, and I, I heard Lil's talking about it. But uh, yeah, that is a thing. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Um, good that he got that one in under the wire. <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> 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 gonna 
Sneak Beach. I, I got to say, uh, Patrick, I'm loving your summer attire right now, and it's making me very jealous because there is a sheet of frozen snow outside of, our, of my house right now that I can't even shovel because it's just yeah, ice. It's fucking muggy out here. Uh, I'm coming down. Make room on the couch. All right. So... You you need to start buttoning up your shirts though. That's that's one thing that you got to do if you're gonna really complete this whole like Mike Love on stage look. You gotta <laughs> you gotta start there. I I do sometimes. I I just I'm I'm letting it free today for, for let the it boy. breathe. Yeah, but no when, when I'm but, out when I'm out gallivanting about the town, you know I I I I, I stitch up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. How, and, how often and, do you find yourself gallivanting and stitching? Uh, constantly. <laughs> it's, it's it's all I do. <laughs> It's all yeah, I, I, I maybe get to stitch like once a year. Like I'm, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> I, I was jitterbugging yeah, you, that you very can't night. Keep Patrick from gallivanting. Oh, no. <laughs> that's all, that's the thing that you you can't you can't you know you can't just gallivant in moderation, right? Like you, you got to go, <laughs> got to go full hog. You got to live the lifestyle. Yeah. It's everything or nothing. <laughs> yes, Patrick. What was your MVP moment? MVP from this MVP album? moment. Uh, I think it was pretty easy for me. Uh, I think my my favorite part of this album is the production, first and foremost. Uh, so I'm gonna go with a kind of basic one, uh, which is just the percussion of "She's Lost Control." <laughs> I mean that that's that's the I mean that's the thing that that's the I think I, I don't know I mean the, the the songs are are you know what they are uh a lot of people like them uh I think the production on this on this record is pretty fucking cool and what it did with it uh and yeah for whatever reason I I'm always a big fan of hearing like acoustic percussion recorded stupidly so uh that's really cool. Like, you know, they got the aerosol can going and like, I don't, I don't, is he playing a snare drum or is he like hitting a fucking Coke can? I don't, I don't know what he's doing, but, it, but it's really cool. And, uh, sorry that I took it from you, Christopher, but you're probably more well versed oh, in this album. Right. So you could probably have a few to pick from. Yeah, I, I got backups. Jim, what was your MVP moment? Uh, gonna be no surprise here. Uh, so in uh, Shadow Play, I actually really liked um, what he was doing with the uh, the symbols on the ride. But then this song fucking slams right the fuck in, uh, and and it, it gave me a little tingle inside, and I I enjoyed it. Tingles. All right. I like hearing. I like hearing that Jim gets tingly. It's, you know what? It, it, it's just important to me to know. I mean that, that can... it, it might be just the cholesterol clogging up my arteries too. But <laughs> actually, that brings up a very important question because before our last couple of records, you had uh, questionable chicken and then I believe questionable fish. Correct. Yes. 
Uh, so, have you had any questionable food uh, going into this recording? Um, n- no, I think. Um, no, I think I've eaten. I, I won't say I've eaten good in the last few days, but I've, I've I haven't put anything into my body that was, uh, you know, uh, cons- would be concerning to the everyday uh, human. You haven't escalated to like questionable pork, <laughs> questionable, <laughs> questionable quinoa. <laughs> I, I got this squid off a guy downtown, and, you know, <laughs> it seems like it's all right. <laughs> oh, you can never go wrong with uh, Craigslist squid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love Craigslist squid. Oh, yeah. Just makes me think of the holidays. I mean, he uh, was... Eric. <laughs> he was going to sell me... He was going to sell me... Uh, Three for thirty, but he told me I could have the whole lot uh, of five for forty bucks, and I just couldn't pass that deal up. <laughs> oh, that's great! Yeah, I mean that's 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 a good price for squid. Yeah, uh, Eric, what was your MVP moment? Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think you guys had already mentioned this, but um, that that staccato electronic sound that shows up in the middle of inside. There's something very unique about that sound that even though this is a 40-year-old album, um, I don't feel like I've heard it anywhere else. Um, and then for, for such a unique sound to then be followed up by um, by those beeps and boops, and it turns into like half of an Italo disco song for like 15 seconds. Um, just that contrast. I, I loved everything about it. Um, it felt so out of place, but still felt very much like it belonged, which is very just, I, I don't know. There's something about that that just was really appealing. <clears throat> Yeah, I can uh, I can get behind that. And for me, I'm going to go for the lead guitar that happens at around uh, three minutes and thirty four seconds in New Dawn Fades. gonna name that because it basically is the template for uh, any lead guitar I have ever played in my life. Uh, <laughs> nice. Just very easy to play, very melodic, uh, not reaching for the stars in terms of uh, flashiness or anything like that. It, uh, yeah, it's, it's basically just, you know, how I play guitar. So it's, uh, it's funny that it existed and I probably absorbed the influence for it through other things before I finally heard this album, but yeah, it's, it's, it's in my DNA. Uh, uh, Patrick, what is your uh, comparable album? Oh, I had a couple. I had a couple. Uh, I, I, I have a, I, I have a serious one, and then and then like probably a more goofy one. I, I I'm afraid that like someone else is gonna pick this, but uh, maybe I'll just go for it anyway. Uh, my comparable was Slint's Spiderland. Hmm. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, I'll go with that one then. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's just uh, it's a kind of uh, similar post-punk, post-rock, uh, you know, monolith. I guess something that like 
you know, it's kind of count on to inspire that genre. Uh, for whatever reason, the, the like colors of the album seem similar. And, and by colors, I mean, they just black, white, and gray. <laughs> there's some, I mean, there's just something about like both. They sure are similar. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like there's something about like, just, I mean, like, and obviously the cover art kind of contributes to that, but like, you know, the, the songs themselves also kind of have this stark black and white quality to them. And, uh, you know, the, the sort of, uh, you know, maybe slightly juvenile playing mixed with more literate lyrics, uh, where I think, you know, like both groups kind of, you know, at, at this point kind of excelled more at, you know, their lyric writing than, you know, you know, doing like full scale arrangements or something like that. But uh, yeah, and, and I think they were they were kind of both in the same age frame, too, right? Like early 20s, late teens or something when they recorded it. Yeah, Joy Division was a little older. They were like 21, 22 yeah. and Slint was mm. 17, 18. Yeah. Uh, and like, I think. For, for both albums, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put out there, like, even if I don't love the songs, I, I do have a lot of respect for them, uh, for, for each one. And I think they're, you know, like, respectively, they, they both uh, have great, you know, interesting production, too. Uh, and, and, yeah, kind of a lot of similar tones happening between the two, like, within the context of when they came out. When you said a lot of respect, it made me think of uh, this kid I went to high school with, Steve Danka. Uh, he got into a fight with my neighbor, Eric Peterson. And I'm, I'm very happy that I'm just saying their fucking names. <laughs> but uh, uh, basically, er- Eric beat the shit out of Steve. And uh, afterwards, Steve like had like a bloody mouth after the fight. And he just kept saying, oh, man, I got a lot of respect for you. <laughs> and <laughs> so what the hell of a thing to, the point to where, say like, after a fight. <laughs> Well, yeah, after I, he got his ass handed to him, <laughs> I saw I saw a uh, a meet or it might have been on like a barstool sports or something, but it was like a street fight, and these two dudes just started like beating the shit out of each other. And then afterwards, the guy who lost like gave the guy a hug. He was like, "Great job, man! Great job!" Like, he was like fucking, <laughs> fucking got me, man. Like, uh, <laughs> men are uh, but confusing, the, aren't we? <laughs> the uh, the po- the postscript though to the uh, Water of Beck story is that um, Eric actually put that quote in his uh, yearbook entry <laughs> <laughs> with with the lisp that too. he had a lot of respect for Steve. No, he just put in quotes Water of Beck. <laughs> With, oh, perfect. Spelled phonetically. <laughs> and fantastic. And yeah, and, and the reason that I can laugh at this, is, like it wasn't just two dumbasses having a fight. Like uh, Steve started this whole thing and then ended up getting his ass beat. So it's just like to see someone who deserves it kind of get it and then get made fun of accordingly is you don't you don't get that often enough in this life. And, you know, honestly, just even talking about it now, decades later, I'm just I'm 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 happy. <laughs> Heartwarming tale. You kind of hope he's still like, kind of yeah, still warms- like a little bit humbled to this day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who, Steve? Uh, yeah, no, like maybe Steve is. No, he's still he- a jerk off. Uh, no, he's uh, he's no longer with us. Oh shit! I'm sorry. Oh. oh no, that's okay. No, no personal like thing or anything like that. I just uh, I was I was avoiding mentioning that because. Ah. <laughs> of okay. The, uh, well, death <laughs> is the ultimate humbling, isn't it? <laughs> I like that's man. I, I must be really cynical or something because I I. I like had a feeling that this story was going to end with him being in jail or dead. So, <laughs> well, um, yes to both. 
Oh, okay. Um, so, Jesus. <laughs> I, I, R.A.P. I, I grew up in I, I grew up in Saugus, man. I don't know what you want from the people I grew up. <laughs> with. Like me and John Green escaped. We got out of there with our lives. <laughs> That's how I feel about Norwood too. Yeah. Like I don't know what you want from me, guys. <laughs> well, I have a lot of respect for you too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I am who I am. And here, here Eric and I are both stuck in the town we grew up in. I'm never leaving. My mortgage rate is too good. It's true. It's the only reason I'm here. Yeah. Jim, what would you say is a comparable album to Unknown Pleasures? Um, so I'm actually going to go. I was going to go with um, a different one, but I'm going to go with this one instead. Uh, I'm going to go with Sonic Youth's Daydream Nation. Um, and, and me being who I am, uh, uh, who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, um, I, I feel like, you know, Sonic Youth was never a band that I was really into. Joy Division was not a band that I was really into. Uh, I do, like, appreciate them, uh, on, uh, on a smaller level than I think, uh, you know, like you guys do. Um, but I do see how maybe Joy Division could have been, um... An inspiration to Sonic Youth in the way that they write and how uh, I feel like both of these bands somehow they I don't want to say they they're like minimalist bands because they're not but they're not playing anything like super flashy or technical but they some somehow still are able to make the music sound interesting and 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 pull you in um, from you know a, a Sonic perspective. Uh, and the other, the other part of that is uh, I don't find Kim Gordon to be particularly good at singing, and I do not find Ian Curtis particularly good <laughs> at singing either. Uh, but they somehow they somehow make it work, and um, you know they're definitely two very unique bands for sure um, who have gone on to influence um, many musicians uh, further down the line. If uh, if I'm not mistaken, I. I think Sonic Youth has their roots in kind of around the same time, in, in like 1979, or at least like a early version of what they were doing. Uh, and yeah, I think I think this album, Unknown Pleasures, had a pretty big influence on uh, a genre called No Wave, which was basically the scene mm-hmm. that uh, Sonic Youth came out of. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, Sonic Youth apparently formed in 81. So, yeah, it's, it's right around the same timeline. Uh, Eric, what would you say is a comparable album? Um, so the one that immediately came to mind, I'm not going to run with this. Um, the one that immediately came to mind was was Medusa by Clan of Zymox, and that's primarily because uh, Ronnie Moorings has the sort of same baritone uh, vocalization. Um, but it's been a while since I've listened to that one, and I, I feel like the vibes aren't really that similar. Um, I'm going to instead cheat a little bit, um, and this is also one I haven't listened to in a while, but I think it's probably going to be a little more on point, um, is Technique by New Order. Mm-hmm. Um, carries, from what I remember, the same sort of like desolate vibe that Unknown Pleasures does. Um, obviously, it's got a much different sound and presentation just because the genres are almost completely different. Um, yeah. But I just remember so many songs in that album having the same emotional vibe Um but of course, I, I could also be remembering the wrong album, and it could have been one. It could have been one of those New Order albums that sounds like they just discovered Casio keyboards and microphones, um, <laughs> of which the, I think, from what I remember, there are several. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but yeah. Assuming, I, I, I would say including the most the most recent. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm, I'm seeing New Order. I think in like September, and I'm 
I don't know why I bought tickets because I know they're not going to be great, but I mean, they're also touring with Pet Shop Boys, and I'm guessing that's going to be a good time. <laughs> oh, I should get tickets for that. Yeah, I bought tickets for uh, Peter Hook while we were listening. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with uh, Gang of Four's debut album, Entertainment. And uh, Patrick and I have had the conversation before that we consider Gang of Four and Mission of Burma to be basically the same band, just from different countries. Yes. And uh, you were saying earlier that I believe it was Insight had a pretty big Mission of Burma vibe, which I would agree with. But um, as I was listening to this, I don't know if it's just because Joy Division is English. Uh, I was thinking Gang of Four throughout, but I think we're, we were both thinking the same exact thing there. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, they, they had a pretty big effect on Gang of Four, too, I would think. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, and uh, interesting thing I learned uh, before we started recording this. Joy Division was together for four years and apparently had 53 songs. That's that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they there's um, what is it? The the compilation in, that they released, I think, later on in the 80s has like a ton of. It's like a double it's album or something, isn't it? Substance. Yeah. Is that substance or is that um? I think it is substance. No. Yeah, substance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's got a whole bunch. Um. They did a their first single, um, or their first EP, rather, when they were called Warsaw, uh, is part of that as well. And yeah, there were a bunch of yeah. things that they didn't formally record to, like a few of the songs that uh, New Order did first off, like Ceremony. Word. All right. Uh, so yeah, we're we're fucking zipping right through this. How's everyone doing? Anyone got anything they wanna they wanna bring up while we're while we're here? Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, do I? Is it puppy time. You, you got any grievances to air? See if I've got any childhood stories I can uh, resurface. About Ian Curtis? <laughs> 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 I don't remember him very well, but then he was dead before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Man, joking about this just makes me think of um, when, the, uh, when the Teletubbies video went viral. One of the things that I hated the absolute most, because like for that weekend, like just I was getting blown up with notifications about like comments on it and stuff. And the amount of people who commented on it saying like, this is really distasteful to Ian Curtis's legacy. Like it pissed me off so fucking when was, much. This was it's like 2014, right? Uh, 2015? 2014. I, 20, I think it was 2014. I'm not 100% on that, though. 2014, 2015, I'm, one of those years. I'm sorry, I, I, I hate to interrupt, but can someone fill me in on what the Teletubbies video is? <laughs> I think oh, I missed I, this I, one. I had, a, uh, I had a video that went viral uh, back... It was 2015, Patrick, actually, now that you mention it. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, I made a uh, black-and-white video of Teletubbies and synced it to Atmosphere by Joy Division. <laughs> and, it, and it got, like, two and a half million views in, like, a couple of weeks. <laughs> so... Yeah, it was it was really weird because um, I was trying to explain to my dad why it was funny, <laughs> and <laughs> I was able to just be like, uh, "Well, I can't really explain it that well to you. Here's a link from Newsweek that you can read that will explain it to you." <laughs> and that was kind of like a <laughs> cool thing to be able to do. But yeah, no, the the comments were, uh, were the people who were just like completely <clears throat> serious, just like, "Oh, this is so distasteful to Ian Curtis's legacy. His music means so much to me, and this is this is." just a disgrace I I just wanted to like like, reach through the computer and grab them and be like don't you have to be fucking posting your poetry to live journal right now you fucking asshole I was was just gonna (laughs) say this was was an era of as someone who's like kind of 
been terminally online for like the past, you know, whatever decade or so. <laughs> like, this was an era of, of internet that like was fucking infuriating because it was right before like you know Trump and and like you know the election kind of was ramping up, and I, I swear people just like had nothing better to do than to like. Snub their noses don't. down at people. <laughs> it's it's kind of like it, it was yeah. like the birth of the you know quote unquote SJW and like virtue signaling era. And it was just yeah, I, I could just picture some fucking you know you know liberal arts fucking attended you know yupster <laughs> fucking just, just going on and be like looking for some reason to just like tear you know some poor bastard out in Boston down you know. <laughs> It's strange to me about that take, too, and I, I don't necessarily know what Ian Curtis's outlook was, but, I mean, I feel like a lot of these post-punk guys had, a, like, a very sort of ironic yes, sense of humor. I was like, just going to say like that. Most of them would have appreciated I would say that. They would probably think it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in uh, Peter Hook's Joy Division book, which, if, if you haven't read any of Peter Hook's books, I would strongly recommend doing so, because he is a very fucking funny writer. And uh, him talking about, like, the Joy Division and New Order and uh, Hacienda stories are all just, like, they're fucking priceless. The, the Hacienda one in particular, he ends each chapter with, um, a, like, basically a rundown of their financials at that point in time. <laughs> and it just, like, gets further and further into the negative, And it starts in the negative. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But, um, yeah, he mentioned in the Joy Division book, he's like, yeah, for all the people who think that Yin was just some, like, so, so, like sad sorry sack, like... There was a time when I found the most insane shit in a toilet in this bar, and I grabbed everyone, and you better believe <laughs> Ian, Ian was laughing at this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. Like I, I've talked about starting my YouTube channel for years now, and I just can never seem to do it, mainly out of laziness. But uh, a part of it also, too, is... Uh, I, I'm the same way, Christopher. I, I wouldn't be able to, like... I, I've had people comment on my drum videos, and I just want to reach through the screen and kill them. But, um... <laughs> I, I, I swear to God, I think I've I've been um, ad-targeted with, like, classes on how to deal with, like, specifically how to deal with negative comments on social media. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I, I don't get those ads, so it's definitely targeted. <laughs> I, uh, I... Speaking of uh, targeted ads, for some reason, so I've got, uh, we're probably going to do a celebrity net worth at the end of this, but uh, I've got the page open right now, and I keep getting blasted this ad about Ho Ohio <laughs> and logistics jobs. They're really pushing this at me right now. Just Ohio in general? or Yes. Like, come move to Ohio, like, we're the number one in plastic, uh, and, like... What is this, we, 1930? Just, like, logistics jobs. I, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Come work, come hey, out hey, with and enjoy the, the plastics. Material. <laughs> oh, all the whole future's in plastics. Hey, kid, do you like Buckeyes? Why don't you come to the Buckeye State? <laughs> fucking adult diaper yeah, so of America. It's, it's repeating right now. It's showing me all these logistics fucking things. <laughs> Uh, yeah. The the other comment though that that reared up. So there was like the stuck up person who was like um, acting like I was ruining some legacy or something. The other one that was shocking in how frequently it would come up is someone would be like, oh okay, so there's a video about um, showing the Teletubbies frolicking and Joy Division is in the background. Okay, okay, it's getting some hits. This is the perfect time and place for me to let everyone know what my thoughts are on Israel. And like, <laughs> it would just go in, in like, wow. And 
Yeah, uh, it, the number of comments that I had to delete that had just like weird racist and or like horrible political uh, undertones was uh, I could not count them on uh, one hand. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> it's fucking insane how people like it. How they, so I'm in I'm in two Facebook groups, um, and that's all I refuse to be in because that's all my fucking. Uh, mental state can handle uh and they're <laughs> they're pretty harmless one of them's like a drummer community and one of them's a fucking south shore bar pizza community and somehow some fucking how <laughs> they still manage to make fucking things political like i saw one last night that was like in the drum channel so uh todd schumerman or whatever the hell his name is the drummer for sticks um posted a drum video and I guess somebody commented on it. It was like, how can you post drum videos right now in a time like this where these things in the world are going on? And he's just like, man, fuck you. Like, what did you want me to do? Like, <laughs> like what are you doing? This is what What's I do. What's on your phone right now what fucking is... chewing me out? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, Rocco's neighbor's names from uh, Rocco's the Modern Life? Oh, uh, Bevin, Bevin, Ed, Big Heads. Big Heads. That's that's yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah, you, when you were uh, giving that comment there, you were getting close to Mrs. Big Head territory with your voice. <laughs> oh, hello, Rocco. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's getting close to the Fat Heads. <laughs> yeah, we should have uh, at some point we should have a play date between uh, Mrs. Big Head and uh, Roger Klotz. <laughs> oh, come hey, over Mrs. Here, Big Head. It's it's good to see you, Mrs. Big Head. Oh, Roger, come over here and shove that big green nose in my amphibious pussy. Oh, God. I was, I was going to go a little tamer with that first, but Jim just took it right there. Took it right to 10, as you do. I was going to have him oh, like, yeah. oh, wait, wait, come take a look at my cable. Like, I, I can't seem to get this to work. Eric goes after that. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> no, sir, I didn't like it. <laughs> but what if Mr. B hears us? <laughs> oh, that old bastard's been drunk for years. <laughs> He's working late at the conglomo tonight. Oh, Bev, I'm home. Sorry. <laughs> Shit, what am I going to do? <laughs> Quick, hide in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, Mrs. B. And scene. Macaroni noises. <laughs> Macaroni noises. <laughs> Christ. All right, Patrick, what would you give this album on a scale of one to ten? Uh... No decimal All points. Right. Uh, gloves off. I'm giving this a seven. Uh, most of that seven is devoted to uh, the production. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Martin Hant. Martin Hannon. Martin Hannon. Uh, I think I, I really liked. I, I was reading a little bit about the production uh, on the Wikipedia page. I, I really appreciated that he kind of had this attitude that punk rock was too conservative in in its approach, and that like. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. the, you know, like you shouldn't be afraid of incorporating technology. If anything, like you should, you know, fully embrace it and, and you know make some truly horrifying sounds out of it. Uh, and yeah. I, I, I appreciate that a lot. And I, and I can see where that could go on to, you know, in a lot of ways, it inspired a lot of shit that I love. Uh, you know, Steve Lillywhite, I think, definitely took a lot of inspiration from this for like Susie Sue and U2 mm -hmm. and shit like that. Um, my issue with the album is that I just, uh, 
I just don't think the songs are that great. Uh, there, there's, uh, for me, uh, Closer uh, has much stronger songs. They kind of sound more together and tight by that point. Uh, but like the production is a little more like all over the place on this on that album. It, it's kind of more focused on on the arrangements than like the you know any weird sounds. So it's like both of the both <coughs> albums have their merits, but. Uh, I have I have a lot of difficulty with Ian's voice. Uh, I've heard it done way too many times by other vocalists too, who like aren't very good vocalists and aren't nearly as good lyricists as Ian Curtis. So it's like it just it, it comes off as a little juvenile to me at points. But I think that's also part of the charm. So I can also kind of appreciate that too. Uh, but yeah, I think I think. All in all, it, it gets a seven from me. Uh, for for what it's worth, uh, closer would probably get a nine in, in most cases. I, I actually really like that. I haven't listened to it in years too. I, got, I should pop that on soon. I almost picked closer for today too. Um, yeah, Jim. Okay. Um, I was teetering back and forth. Uh, between a hard seven, I mean, a, a hard six and a soft seven. Um, I'm going to give it a soft seven, um, strictly for the fact that I understand how influential this album was and how important it is in, you know, music history. Um, a lot of the same sentiments as Patrick. I don't particularly love these songs. Um, there are definitely parts in them where I was like, all right, yeah, that's kind of cool what they're doing there. Um, but as I mentioned during my uh, comparable <coughs> album section, they're not doing anything particularly flashy or technical. And me being Mr. Prog Boy over here, you know, these are sometimes things that I look for, at, or you know, at least some things that are interesting sonically. Which this, I will admit, this album did have a lot of interesting sonic things going on. Um, but given all that, uh, I I don't think I can give it more than a soft <coughs> seven. All right, Eric. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I think my, I, I think my uh, rating kind of falls in line with you guys. I'm probably gonna go with a seven. Um, yeah, I like the entire album all the way through, um, but for the most part, like I didn't remember much of this album since the last time I listened to it, and a lot of it runs together. Um, you know, it's got a standout track here or there, but um, it's not really. It's not really the post-punk or goth album I would reach for um, before pretty much anything else. Like I would certainly probably go for something by like Susie the Banshees or Sisters of Mercy or Bauhaus before I ever really listened to um, Unknown Pleasures. Um, so I mean, I, I respect it for its influence on the genre, um, and you know, if it's on, I'm certainly not going to be upset by it. But it's not something I'm going to intentionally listen to start to finish. Like I'll probably listen to She's Lost Control and call it a day. <laughs> Uh, Joy Division is one of my favorite bands, and they've put out two albums, uh, well, proper studio albums. And this is the lesser of the two as far as I'm concerned. Closer is uh, my favorite of their albums, and that would easily get a 10 for me. Unknown Pleasures, I'm going to give a 9. Uh, the influence of it, I think, bumps it up from what I would actually give it, which would be an 8. Because um, similar to you guys, I, I think that they weren't quite developed. I don't think they were quite where they were going on this album. They were close, but they weren't quite there. But 
I do still enjoy every song on this album. I don't love every song on this album, but I like every song on this album. And that that counts for something. So I'm going to give it a 9, which gives us a cumulative score of 7.5. And All Eric, right. after you said Bauhaus, I just started thinking and getting stuck in my head. Uh, Bauhaus in the middle <laughs> of the street. Bauhaus. That, that's my favorite song by them. <laughs> Imagine if they actually did that song. That would be so good. <laughs> More bands uh, should have like a theme song. Oh my god! Totally. I mean, I I once saw Peter Murphy drunkenly threaten to kick someone's ass in the front row. So honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he just started doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like having good celebrity intoxicated stories. Like when uh, Perry Farrell was clearly on acid when I saw uh, Jane's Addiction and Nine Inch Nails together. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Was it just like? Was he like? How does how does that work? Like, could he sing the songs? Was he trying to? No, no. no <laughs> was he remembering no, anything? It was, yeah. or was he just staring at the ceiling? Uh, he was he, he was impressed. He was impressive with how much of the songs he was able to actually remember. But his he was not able to sing at all. The rest of the band was fucking fantastic. They were tight, but uh, yeah, no, no go for uh, Perry. Like, I mean, I, I assume he's a professional tripper at this point, and he probably is. You know, could could handle it, but. <laughs> I guess no, that's really funny. I, I, I mean, I guess there's only yeah, there's, so far you can go. There's only so far the human condition can handle. Yeah, he uh, he got pretty obsessed with one person that he thought was like uh, being insulting in the audience. So he was like really focused on that guy for, <laughs> for most of a song. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's fun. All right, Jim, do you have a net worth for us? I do. Gentlemen. Please tell me, what is Bernard Sumner's net worth? Oh, I would have thought you'd go with Price Peter Price is right Hook. rules, Eric, because you've never... Uh, I like to try to go off the cuff right. here. Um, um, Price is right rules, Eric, so we're doing the net worth. Uh, closest without going over wins. Okay. One of Nick Mason's uh, cars. Sorry, hang on. <laughs> I'm going to look up Bernard Sumner. <laughs> oh, right. quit taking me calls. I only have so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> Pink Floyd will have to do another album before we're done oh, with this. <laughs> uh, let's start with Patrick. What's your guess, Patrick? I'm going with Bernard Summer. I'm going to guess he is a cool $1 million. All right. First a million dollars. He is definitely more than a million dollars. Oh. Um, hmm. He's still alive, right? No. Yeah, of course. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am going to say that Bernard Sumner is worth $12 million. Okay, Eric? Hmm. Well, if I'm going to play Price's Right strategy, $17. <laughs> Did you say $17? $17. <laughs> $17. All right, Christopher wins. He's worth thirty million. What? What the fuck are they doing? <laughs> what are they, is that what like tour says. proceeds? I guess. Uh, yeah, they go on tour a I lot, guess. right? Dude, New, New Order was fucking huge. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. They had a few hits. Like, 
I mean, New Order, when they play, they're still playing like the Pavilion when they go to Boston. Oh, <laughs> like, oh you know what? Not... Blue Monday has a ton of covers, too, right? So they get they get proceeds for that yeah. every time the fucking Come orgy on, orgy, man. So many terrible, <laughs> terrible covers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forget that they... Oh, and yeah, they it's had, a uh, tragedy, too, because that cover is the best song orgy has. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's depressing. That is depressing. I think it's the only song. Like, that was like their one-hit wonder, right? It was a fucking cover. It's similar to they fucking... Had a minor, yeah. They had a minor hit afterwards with uh, Stitches, yeah. and then the next album had uh, Dreams and Digital. I remember those two yeah. songs as well. Um, yeah, the, uh, they, they had another hit, New Order, uh, Bizarre Love Triangle. That's the one. I, I always, like, forget that it's them, but, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that was a pretty big song for them. Yeah, no, they they had a number of big songs like in the US and yeah. the especially the UK. I mean, they did that um that World Cup anthem that year that uh we talked about on that Jukebox Zeros episode. Oh yeah. Was it World in Motion where they had the uh they had that comedian rap <laughs> part. Oh Jesus Christ. What? And it was like Yeah, the the rap actually has its own Wikipedia article. <laughs> oh no. That's always the worst. What? Why? Why is New Order just a series of bad decisions <laughs> for uh, years after <laughs> one day? I just love because uh, uh, Sumner kind of ousted Peter Hook, and he was the only one keeping them tethered to reality. Uh, good stuff. Uh, okay, that makes sense. I guess right. uh, 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 bring back to Joy Division. I guess Level Terrace Apart is like pretty big hit for them too, right? Yeah, that was uh, a yeah. reasonably big and like probably more but, so yeah, these and, days. Yeah, and the thing is that's. Yeah, and that's a song that just gets used in tons of yeah. shit. So probably I mean, the, the royalty checks for that song don't stop. I've heard uh, I've heard like Bossa Nova covers of it before. <laughs> like you know, cool lounge singer singing it. It's stupid. I'm just picturing it like um, what was fucking um, David Johansson's other persona, Buster Poindexter. Yeah. Oh god. What he did uh hot hot hot. I'm just imagining like that genre, but doing like <laughs> level terrace apart. Hot hot hot. Yeah. Me think the bedroom so cold. <laughs> that will that the images from that music video will like forever be burned in my brain. That was like Jesus. late eighties, right? Eighty eight, eighty nine or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I haven't thought about that song in at least twenty five years. Thanks for for surfacing that one. <laughs> I do what I can. I do what I can. I want to say that was in the uh, the era of uh, Gloria Estefan's The Rhythm Is Gonna Get You song. It's probably like right it. around the same time frame. Yeah. yeah. Get on your feet. Get on your feet. Sorry. All right. So uh, I think that'll uh, that'll that'll about do it for us. Uh, Eric, thanks for joining us today. No, oh, thanks for having me. And um, yeah, why don't why don't we uh, go ahead and make the announcement now? Does that sound good to you guys? Let's do it. All right, um, Eric. We're glad we're gonna we have you here for this this special occasion. James is pregnant. We're yes, gonna ruin, because we're gonna ruin lives. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, as of as of this recording, this is our second to last episode until we go on an indefinite hiatus. Uh, just you know, doing some different things, trying some new shit. Uh, Patrick's in the south, doing southern man things like. Wearing a wearing a shirt that he buttons up when he when he goes off gallivanting and stitching. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, this this is going to be the last episode before an indefinite hiatus. Uh, we might we talk about 
Second to last, yeah. Uh, we we did talk about potentially doing like birthday bonuses or something like that. So uh, you know, keep us in your feed if you have one, and uh, you might get some surprises in the future. But yeah, uh, we're excited to do, or at least I am. I can't speak for you guys, but I'm excited to do whatever fucking comes next. But uh, yeah, this has been a this has been a blast. In the meantime, yeah. So congratulations and uh, welcome on the, the welcome to the hundred episode club, fellas. Hey, thanks. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you can well, do it second just, class we have, mind. <laughs> we have one more to go, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this this is yeah. A actually, great, we yeah. should do a we should do a big crossover of defunct podcasts. That would be pretty yeah, great. We uh, yeah, that sounds like a good time. We do a shitty musical. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that would that would actually be really fun. I would I would be really down for that. Uh, you guys you guys talk to Tom and Brittany because yeah, I, I want to make up. that happen. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so that'll that'll do it for us for uh, this time. And uh, until next time, I am Christopher. And I'm Patrick. I'm Jim. I'll see you in hell. science now available in podcast feeds don't miss your chance to join three friends as they unpack movies from their childhood i'm just gonna watch you die what was this film rated again pg and decide just how traumatic they were that is how long they're stabbing him I giggled through that scene because it was so uncomfortable and weird. In Clamshell Case Files, starring the bad boy of podcasting, Quentin. I mean, if my dog killed another dog, I would protect him by burying that body, but I would never kill the dog myself. Girl Friday, Bridget. I just want to apologize to Samantha Mathis that I have been maligning her breasts for the for decades. For the and America's sweetheart, Matt. Where a yeah. giant toy elephant is blowing snow out of its hooter nose oh, yes. thingy Trunk. all over it's the building. <laughs> You're invited to share in the magic of clamshell case files. Available from the Zero Science Network wherever you download podcasts.